going to be talking about your past does not define your future. Your past does not define your future. How many here could raise their hands and say you have a past? Now, when I'm talking about a past, I'm not just talking about the past. I'm talking about when you look back at it, you're like, oof. That's my past. I think everybody here, if you didn't raise your hand, as the youth would say, get your neck uh, because you'd be lying. Everybody here has a past. Now, you don't have to raise your hands on this one, but how many of you sitting here today are living your past right now? That when you get up the road a little bit, at the point you're at right now, you're looking back and you're like, ooh, it's not good. Some of you are at that point right now. But we're going to be talking today that your past does not define your future. The story that really burned on my heart for this was the story of Saul, who later becomes Paul. Everybody knows that Paul is one of the major authors of the New Testament, wrote most of the New Testament, a man that was on fire for God, but before he became Paul, he was Saul. And when you take a look at the story, if you have your Bibles, uh, go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 9. You guys seen that commercial where they're like, nine? Yes, nine? Nine? <laughs> Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 1. This is the story of Saul. It says, Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Now, I want to stop right there for a minute. That's a pretty bad past. If you're looking back at what just happened, you know who Paul is, but you're looking back when he was Saul. That's a pretty bad past. He was, he was going to the high ups, and he's saying, give me permission to go persecute everyone who's following the way. When we're talking about the way, we're not talking about that crazy cult where the guy made him drink the punch. We're talking about the way as in followers of Jesus Christ, those who are following the way. Jesus way so he said give me permission to go and persecute each and every single person that I can find that are following after this man Jesus that's pretty bad right when we look back at that you're like oh I mean it even says in Acts chapter 22 that he persecuted them to the point of killing them this was a man on a mission that he wanted to find each and every single one that he could and make sure that he took care of them that's pretty bad God really laid something on my heart with this, though. And when I was originally putting this together, I wasn't even, wasn't even on my mind, wasn't even on my heart. But God really wanted me to, I believe, get something through to you today. And he wanted me to, first off, go back to Genesis. Now, anybody that knows me well enough, the youth will know that Genesis is my favorite book of the Bible. Why? Because I believe when you actually truly grasp and understand what Genesis is saying, it brings to light so much more of the New Testament. Um, so I want to stop right here when it says that Saul came up and he's walking down the road of Damascus and all of a sudden this light from heaven shines on him. Now when you look back in Genesis chapter 1, 
Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. When God created the heavens and the earth, there was darkness, right? In order for there to be a perfect balance, God is perfect, so there has to be a balance. You can't have black without white, right? You can't have light without darkness. So it was created, there was a darkness, and God saw a need right away where he sees a darkness, and he says, we need light. We need light. So the first thing that God brings in is light. Now, I know when I was growing up, I always heard this story, and I'm like, oh, God created light. Look, God didn't create the same thing twice, because when you go down to verse 14, it says he created the greater light, which is the sun, and the lesser light, which is the moon. He's not talking about that here. What he's talking about here is this light was Jesus. He brought the light of the world. The New Testament says that he is the light of the world. So when you read this, you have to understand. It's so important to grasp this because it makes so much more sense when you're talking about the story of Saul here. Is that in Genesis, when he saw that it was darkness, he knew that it needed a light, so he brought in the light of the world. When you read it, then it says, God saw the light that it was good. And I think sometimes we read that and we're like, God saw it and it was good. No. I think when God brought in this light, I think God was like, that's what I'm talking about right there. This, that's good. That's good. Man, we got to get excited in this place. That's good. Notice what God did then. Immediately, God separated the light from the darkness. We know that in the New Testament it says that the darkness cannot comprehend the light. Can't do it. Immediately, God separated the light from the darkness. Then God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Now check it out. So Saul's walking down the road and all of a sudden, boom, this light just comes shining down. Shining down to the point of blindness. Now, this wasn't a blindness as in like, oh, I'm going to punish you. No, this was a blindness because it was the glory and the majesty and the power of the light of Jesus Christ. He said, who is this, Lord? And he said, it's me, Jesus. Can you imagine what Saul, immediately he's like, oh. Can, can you imagine what was going through his mind when that came? That's right. Oh. It's Jesus. Look, this is something so powerful. So powerful. Look what happens. See, he experienced 1 Thessalonians 5, 4 through 5, because it says, But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor the darkness. Notice in Genesis that it says, He called the light day, and the darkness he called night. See, I love that you were talking about identity crisis, because until, see, Adam and Eve were born in the light, they were created in the light. They were created in perfection. Then when sin came in, darkness entered in. And the only way that you can get your identity back is when you come to the light. So Saul was going through a major identity crisis. He was, had this horrible past. But as soon as he came to that light, everything changed. Everything changed. That's something to clap about. everything changed. Now, this is what I believe God really wanted me to get through to you today at this part of the message, is that we have got to stop underestimating the power of the light, the power of Jesus. We preach so often, and I do it as well, that it's a process. When you come to the Lord, it's a process. Look, I believe that Christianity was a continual process, but when you look at the story of Saul, it was an immediate transformation. 
We got to stop underestimating what Jesus Christ can do in an instant. Because when he was walking down that road, he was on his way to kill some people. But as soon as that light hit him, it was an instant transformation. There was no underestimating the power of God. It was so bright and so vibrant and so powerful that Paul couldn't resist it. There was an instant change. The first point I want to talk about today is learn from your past, don't live in it. Learn from your past, don't live in it. See, Paul learned from his past. It shaped his future. He learned from it to shape his future, but he was no longer living that way. When he was going down that road, and as soon as that change came, he was able to look back and he could learn from it. He immediately, I believe, he was learning from it. He's looking back, and just like I talked about, can you imagine what he was feeling? Because he just looked back. This man that, that he was persecuting everybody in Jesus' name, now all of a sudden just had an encounter with Jesus, and he's looking back, and he's like, oh, I just did all those things. He learned from his past to shape his future, but he stopped living in it. It's like this. This is kind of what I felt the Lord laid on my heart. It's like having two hands in a cookie jar. Now you're getting ready to eat dinner. And mama's coming, and you got both hands in the cookie jar. Both hands in the cookie jar. And God's like, or mama's like, get your hands out of the cookie jar. And this is usually what happens. How many like cookies here? Oof. That's my weakness. I think I've heard you say that's your weakness. We're going to have to have a cookie party or something because I love cookie. Me and my mom have the same weakness when it comes to cookies. It's devil's food. Those devil, you're like, you just became a pastor and you're talking about devil's food. Has, has, who's had devil's food cookies before? I tried angel food cake. I believe God needs to send someone on a mission to change angel food cake to devil's food. Switch them up because I can't stand angel food cake, but that devil's food... Man, it feels wrong even saying that, but they're so good. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Anyway, so it's like having two hands in the cookie jar. Mama's coming. She says, get your hands out of the cookie jar. And we're like, we leave one in. Now, I believe that's how a lot of conversions are for Jesus anymore. If you want me to be honest, I believe it's like leaving one hand in the cookie jar. It's so good. I like what I have here. I like what I have here, but check out what happened to Saul on his way to Damascus. He had both hands in the cookie jar. Dude was digging in deep, and God's like, Saul. He's like, yeah? It's hard to kick against the goats. God, what do you mean? Saul, get your hands out of the cookie jar, and Saul went. Both hands out. See, I know what it's like to have one hand in the cookie jar. I did it for a long time. God said, Mike, get your hands out of the cookie jar. I'll leave one in. God, I like what I'm eating here. This devil's food is pretty good. I like it. Mike, just get your hand out of the cookie jar. God, I'm kind of scared because I'm comfortable right here. Comfortable right here. Mike, I can promise you that the food that I'm going to give you is much better than what's in that cookie jar. Get your hand out of the cookie jar. You can learn from your past, but you've got to stop living in it. You got to get your hands out of the cookie jar. God has far greater things for us. I've heard pastors speak on this a lot. I've heard him use this example a lot, but he, he's given the example of like when you're focusing on your past, it's like driving a car in your rearview mirror. 
<laughs> Who's ever tried that before? I'm not going to lie. I try it sometimes just for fun. I usually get about 10 seconds, and I'm like, I got to check what's going on in front of me. Because <laughs> if you are focusing on what's behind you for too long, you're going to crash and you're going to burn. See, the mirror's good. The mirror's actually helpful because when you look in the rearview mirror, it gives you a perspective of the things you just went through. See, we can learn from the things that are in there, but we can't get anywhere that way by focusing on them. See, Paul learned from his past, but he knew that he had to look out the driver's windshield to see what God had for him. We got to do the same thing. We can look in that mirror and we can see, man, that's what I just came from, but this is where I'm going. This is where I'm going. See, if you're looking in the mirror, first off, you're never going to see the schemes that the devil brings against you. Because he's going to have roadblocks set ahead of you all your life. But if you're looking in the mirror, you're going to hit roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. And you're going to be stuck in that same place your whole entire life. But if you're looking to what God has for you and understand that that stuff's in the past, man, God's got something good for you. So many people get caught on the past. So many people. Stop underestimating the power in the name of Jesus. Stop telling yourself that it's a process and I'll slowly wean myself off of the cookies. Stop telling yourself that. Stop saying, well, it's a process. God knows it's a process. No, look. Just get your hands out. Give in to the power that's in the name of Jesus. And look what can happen. Because when you look at the story of Saul, everybody knows Paul. But when you look at this story and you see that he was an awful man. Did worse things than everybody sitting in here. Killing Jesus' people. Immediately. Immediately he gave it up. Immediately. He learned from his past, but he stopped living in it right away. And I believe that right away that Paul realized that the present was a present. That he had just received a gift from God and that all those things that he had done, God said, forget about it. Because starting now, now that you know me, now that you know Jesus Christ, now that you have me in your life, now that me and you have had an encounter and you've experienced that I'm far better than what you were about to do, now we're going to move on from this. There is a gift in the present. We need to realize that. See, I think that what was burning on Paul's heart was Lamentations 3, 20 through, 22 through 24. It says, through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. See, I believe right away that, that Paul was like, or Saul at that time was like, whoa. Lord, your mercies are new every day. Your mercies are new every day. Truly, it's good. Truly, you are good, God. Look at what Saul did. It doesn't matter what you've done. Every day that you wake up is a day that you should wake up rejoicing. You should be thanking God. You should stop focusing on what was and, and just focus on what God has for you. Because every day that you wake up is a gift from God. The present is a present. You need to realize that, that every single day that God has given you another chance, that God has given you new mercies, that he has said, I don't care what happened five hours ago. I don't care what happened 10 years ago. Look, I'm giving you new mercies right now. 
new mercies right now. How many of you have had New Year's resolution? <laughs> it's so funny. I call them goals now. It's the same thing. I set goals and I'm like, starting January 1st, I'm going to accomplish these goals. That's like God looking at Saul and saying, I'm giving you new mercies right now. And Saul's like, God, come back on January 1st. Come back, come back on January 1st. Look, God's saying, I'm giving you new mercies. Take them right now. Take them right now. Don't wait for some new season in your life by your time. I'm giving you new mercies right now. Take advantage of it right now. When Christ said, follow me, you've heard it before, but he didn't say, get all your stuff right. Get everything organized. Get all your junk together, straighten out, and then come with me. He simply said, follow me. Why? Because when you're following him, you're no longer following him. Everything that was on that path, it's gone. Because when you start down this path, you don't desire it. You don't want it. You don't need it. The third thing that I want to share with you today is that your future starts today. Your future starts today. See, it was one thing for Paul to recognize his failures. It was another thing for him to embrace the gift of a new beginning. But it was a totally different thing for him to actually go forward and not look back. See, he had that option. He realized, I made mistakes. I can learn from them, but I'm not going to live in them. And right away, he realized, oh, there's new mercies here. I have a new beginning. But it took a whole different thing for him to say, I'm not going to worry about that stuff. Now I'm moving forward. Your future starts today. I love it because if you read the rest of the story in Acts chapter 9, verses 10 through 22, and you read down through it, and it, saw, it says that he was going to meet a man named Ananias, and God spoke to him, and Ananias was going to pray over Saul so for him to receive his eyesight. You talk about going from, I once was blind, but now I see. Look, there's spiritual meanings here, people. He once was blind, but he realized that the majesty and the glory and the power in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't underestimate it because he saw it firsthand. So he gets healed, and you go down, and you read, and he spent, he spent um, some days with the disciples. But I love this because it says, immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues. It doesn't say that he went through this major process to make sure that he was following Jesus correctly. Look, when he had that encounter with Jesus Christ, his past didn't matter. Immediately he was transformed. Immediately. All things, all the old ways, all those things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. All things are new. It's time that we stop underestimating what Jesus Christ can do in our lives immediately. It's time that we start speaking what God can do in our lives. Isaiah 43 verses 18 through 19 says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness rivers in the desert that's the God I serve it, I don't have to focus on the things of the past see Paul knew it he lived it Philippians 3 13 through 14 this is the apostle Paul talking he says brother I do not count myself to have apprehended but one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead 
I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. See, Paul lived it out because he knew right away that there was much greater things in store for him when he followed after Jesus Christ, that he didn't have to look at those things that were in the past. He was pressing forward because he knew that God had great things for him. This is when he was bound in chains, and he still was able to preach and say, you know what, those things in the past, gone. I'm not looking at it because it doesn't matter if I'm bound in chains. I'm set free in Christ. The reason that this was on my heart so heavy is, man, if my past defined my future, I wouldn't be standing here today. If who I was determined who I am today, Brian would have never been up here presenting me a license. I'll get real with you. Look, it was, uh, we've been married for eight years, nine years ago almost. Kayla and I got married. We were living in sin. You want me to be honest with you? You want me to be real with you? You want me to open up to you today? Look, this is my testimony. I wasn't talking like I should. I had one hand in the cookie jar. Yeah, God, I love you, but I love this too. Living in sin. We got married, broke Hank and Lisa's hearts. I know I broke my parents' hearts. We did a lot of damage to a lot of different things. We were living in ways that we shouldn't be living into our marriage as well. Even at times when we tried to step up into leadership, we were still falling. Why? Because we had hands in the cookie jar. We weren't letting go. We were walking down a road that was selfish, full of our flesh. Look, if those things determine who I was today, I wouldn't be standing here. Look, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what I did nine years ago, eight years ago, seven years ago, six years ago. It doesn't matter what I did a week ago. Look, God has new mercies for us every day, every single day. And when we encounter Jesus Christ, look, when I finally let go and I said, I want to encounter Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, God did the rest. I'm telling you, God did the rest. It didn't matter what I did. It doesn't matter all the sin that I committed. When I finally gave it up to Jesus, I'm here today all because of Jesus. All because of Jesus. Not because of me. Not because of anything I did. But it's simply because I let go and said, I'll follow you. It's as simple as that. When we say, I'm done with this, I'll follow you. And when we give that up, when we actually follow him, man, what he has for us is unbelievable. I've known for years that God's had a calling on my life. I've known for years. I look back and I actually, I have major regrets because I'm like, wait, what if I could have done it then? Look, learn from your mistakes, but don't live in them. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't even matter how old you are. God wants to use you. And every single person in here, you may feel defeated sitting in your seat today, but I'm telling you that God has a purpose for you that he doesn't have for me. You have a unique purpose that nobody else does. And you need to embrace that today and realize that when you encounter Jesus Christ, God will take you there. Look, it didn't matter what Paul did. David was a murderer and an adulterer. Abraham as well ignored the promises of God. Matthew was a thief. Thomas doubted God. Peter denied Christ right in front of Jesus. Look, all these people have had a past where we look back and they're like, look at what they did, but look at where they went. It didn't matter what happened then. When they encountered Jesus Christ and they followed Jesus Christ, look at where they went. Look, there's power in the words that you speak over your own life. If you continue to, to be caught up in the same things and continue to speak, look, I'm going through this process. 
I believe. Look, if you believe, then you believe. If you believe, then you believe. And you know that it doesn't matter. It doesn't take 10 years to set you free. It's an instant because that's how Jesus works. Because he instantly set us free when he died on that cross. Look, Satan wants us to focus on the tree where we grab the fruit and God said, don't eat. But God wants us to focus on the tree where Christ died for us and said, I set you free. Stop focusing on the wrong tree. God wants us to focus on the tree where Christ came and took our place and said, I set you free. It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done. It doesn't matter what the things in the past look like. It doesn't matter who you are. I show no partiality. I love you just the same. And if you're willing to follow me today, I'm going to set you free.